Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven. The mystery of the kingdom of God is our difference. We know the mystery of the kingdom of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, 27. And without controversy, great is that mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh, justifying the spirit. He was seen of angels, believed on the world, preached of the Gentiles, received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3, 16. We know that God, Jesus Christ, who in the beginning has always been God and always will be God, but for salvation took upon himself the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man humbling himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. That Lord is not master. The Lord is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. He's Elohim. He is the Lord Jehovah. He is the Father of glory. The Son of God is the Father revealed. The Son of Man is the kingdom office of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of the same Spirit. The Father's administrative office of that same Spirit. We have many different offices, but one Spirit. The Word, the Logos, is the expression office of that same Spirit. There is only one Spirit. Now, why would Jesus say, when he was asked, Few there be that be saved, Lord? And Jesus responded, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For straight is the gate, and there is a way that leadeth unto life. Few there be that find it. Few? Well, that's totally different than what we hear today, that everybody that just calls on the name of Jesus is saved. That there is uh, God is love, and no one goes to hell. Everybody goes to heaven. But when we read and search the scriptures, we find that he says few, only few will find it. Is this because the Lord doesn't want everyone saved? Of course he does. It's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Jesus tasting death for every man. Then there is a mystery. In Mark 4. Verse 11, Jesus stated that there were parables and there were secrets. There were mysteries to the kingdom of heaven. If you read Mark 4, 11, he says, And he said unto them, his disciples, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Now in John 16, Jesus said, there's a time coming, I'll speak no more in parables, but I will show you plainly of the Father. So there's a mystery there concerning the Father. But I'll no more speak in parables. I will show you plainly of the Father. For he said, in that day, you will ask in my name, and I'll say not that I'll pray the Father for you, for the Father loveth me and has given all things unto me. 
the man, Christ Jesus, the servant, is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. What has prevailed in the Protestant world throughout uh, uh, the kingdoms of this earth is that there are three. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost in many different denominations of which we see there's only over 32,000 denominations in the, in the world. And everyone has a certain doctrine of dogma, apologetics, that they believe is the truth. But there's only one way, one truth, one life. And that is Jesus Christ. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. In the volume of the book, it is written of me, Jesus said. I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. God prepared himself a body, and through his body, and we getting in him by faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has dealt to every man the measure of faith, and then born of the water and the Spirit, we become uh, one in Christ Jesus. He that's uh, uh, been baptized into Christ is put on Christ. He that's joined to the Lord is one Spirit. But he talks about a mystery. And there's different glories that he speaks about, just as Paul did in 1 Corinthians 15. There's the terrestrial and the celestial. And the glories of these differ. And we see here in Mark, he talks about a mystery of the kingdom of God. Now the kingdom of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because he came and died for our sins, was buried and rose again. Death and have no more dominion over him. Now we by becoming one in Christ Jesus, have salvation in and through him, our Lord Jesus Christ. But the mysteries of the kingdom, we find that many have the Holy Ghost. That is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. How would evidence of speaking in other tongues? The Pentecostal experience. They have partaking of the first four feasts of the Lord. Death, burial, resurrection, and Pentecost. That is, Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits, and Feast of Weeks. And that is Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and receiving his spirit, what we call the Pentecostal experience. But is there more? Of course there is. We have to go on to perfection. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, again as your Father in heaven is perfect. And he told his disciples, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those which are without, it's not. And he speaks to them only in parables. But in John 16, Jesus said, I will no more speak anymore in parables. I'm going to give you the revelation of Jesus Christ. The final book in the New Testament. Which is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, the Almighty God, Revelation 1.8. And judgment will reveal in that day when his judgments are made manifest, man will learn righteousness and we will learn in the word of righteousness. The righteousness is that he is God. He is the Father. He is that Spirit. He is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. 
the Elohim, who took on a body of flesh and blood by making himself of no reputation to die in our stead. To do that, he had to make himself of no reputation, not to work his spirit, but only to work as our kinsman redeemer. Made himself of no reputation. Laid aside his glory. Took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10 says, Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant, whom I have chosen. It certainly sounds like there's two. But not in the revelation of God. Not in the pure revelation of Jesus. Because God said that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. The Lord is that servant. Before me there was no God formed. God formed himself a body. Neither shall be after me. One and one time only is the only, the only begotten God. Which is the only begotten son. Which is the only begotten one. It's monogamous theos. The monogamous heos. It's the only one, solitary, soul, unique one. Never one before it, never will, never will there be another like it. Jesus alone, not be another God formed. Now, we will be sons and daughters of God, but he is God manifest. He is the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man. He is the wonderful counsel, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Well, what are the mysteries? How far do we have to go to obtain, to obtain salvation, redemption, sanctification, and ultimate glorification? Is it that we just confess the Lord Jesus and we're saved? Well, do we have to obey God under righteousness? In Romans 6, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him of the service to whom you obey, of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. And that's the word of righteousness, where the forerunner has entered in. If you'll take a look at the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of heaven, we find the bylaws. We find the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. In the greatest message ever preached in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. The Mount Elevate Discourse. Jesus there gives us the Beatitudes. He shows us exactly what it takes to be counted worthy of the kingdom of heaven. And during that time, he gives many parables explaining what it is so we could understand for the kingdom of heaven is like unto. And as we take a look at these, he talks about the beginning of all parables. For you can understand all parables is the sower went forth to sow. Now there's going to be four different grounds there. And Mark 4, we find it also in Matthew and also in Luke's gospel. But in Mark the fourth chapter, he states this statement, makes this statement. It's given unto you the disciples, to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them that which are without, they are darkened. They do not have the understanding because he speaks in parables and it's hidden there. It's a secret. Secreted. 
and he talks about the sower. And as we see in Mark 4, there's four different stages. And Jesus expounds this, and he talks on about coming unto perfection. Now, that's a key word. We find in Matthew 5 that Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. But we find today in most of the Christian world, in apologetics, and in uh, the doctrine of dogmas, that we do not find perfection preached. And we have made a gross error in not uh, preaching sanctification and the glorification to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man, which we are all called for in Ephesians 4.12. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. What for? For the work of the ministry, to the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko, knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh, but it's literally coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. It, that knowledge of the Son of God is epigonosko, coming into the full image of Jesus Christ. For the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Lord is that Spirit, and that Spirit leads and guides us, just as Jesus said, we all with open face beholding the glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. Jesus stating that we must come unto perfection. Paul stated it. All the epistles state that we are to be presented blameless at Jesus' coming, both spirit, soul, and body. And in Mark 4, we see the four different levels of the heart that we are warned about going on into perfection. But many times we disregard these and think, well, we just believe in one verse and God's love, so we don't have to concern ourselves with obedience. When we see in Mark 4, Jesus is expounding on that, sower and the seed. Of course, the seed is a good word of God. And the sower in those days, he said in Mark 4, verse 14, and he said, if you know this parable, it's the beginning of all parables. It's a foundation parable. But let's see where it goes. And when then we'll take a look at Matthew. In Matthew 13 and talk about the seven steps of glorification. He says, the sower went forth to sow the word. And there's four different areas of the heart here. And these are they that by the wayside, when the word is sown, and when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Well, of course, they hear it. The word permeated the heart, but they did not believe it. And immediately Satan come and literally plucked the word out of their heart. Then he said, those that are sown on the stony ground. Verse 16, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure for a time. We're to endure hardship as a good soldier. Afterward, when affliction and persecution 
arises for the word's sake, and it certainly will happen. Immediately they are offended and bring forth no fruits. Tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake, by and by they are offended. Now, that's the first, immediately the devil comes and takes the word. The second persecution, tribulation arises for the word's sake. They're offended. They lose out. Then he said, there's those that are among thorns. And he said, these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. When we see it also in Matthew and in Luke talks about the same. Persecution, tribulation arises for the word's sake. By, them, by and by they are offended and bring forth no fruits unto perfection. Mark says that they're offended because of the persecution and tribulation. And then the stony ground and the things of this world choke the word. It becomes unfruitful. Then it says, the fruitful, only the ones that bear the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, against such there is no law. These are they which are sown on good ground. That's the heart. And such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Notice, you will know them not by uh, what they say. Many will say, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which he's, when he tells them to. They become a forgetful hearer of the word and what manner of man they are and a double-mindedness and bring forth no fruits unto perfection. A double-minded man and stable in all of his ways. Faithful that works is dead, being alone. But he said, these are they which bring forth Fruit, such as hear the word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, sixty, and a hundredfold. When we find these four areas, there's only the last quarter that make fruit, some thirty, sixty, hundredfold. When we see what that means, according to Matthew's gospel, in Matthew 13, we see the different areas of glory. And Matthew gives us this account as he gives us parables of what the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is likened to. Now, the kingdom of God, many are in the kingdom of God that because of disobedience, not being led of the Holy Ghost, which is called iniquity, lawlessness, will not be able to enter in even though they had the Holy Ghost and believed in one God. Knew that Jesus is the Father of glory. Because Jesus said in Matthew 7, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. But only those that do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Then they will begin to profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you, for you did not do the will of my Father. 
which is in heaven. So we have to bring forth fruit unto perfection. And these parables expound on that, where the Lord Jesus, as he speaks in Matthew 17, gives us seven areas in the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Many will be in the kingdom of God, but because of disobedience, not coming unto the will of God and doing his will, will hear the frightful words, depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. Now, this is the mystery of the kingdom. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven. The final. Many will be in the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But to make that final glory, there's no difference in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, except that the kingdom of God, you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. The kingdom of heaven, you simply have obeyed that same spirit into the kingdom of of heaven and obtain it through obedience unto righteousness, which yield the peaceable fruits of holiness. And you'll find that in Romans 6. Now, Jesus said, here is a parable that he starts out in Matthew 13 and gives us the seven steps in glory in sanctification going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. The first one, he starts there in the seven progressive parables, and he starts with the same that Mark did in Mark, the fourth chapter, a sower went forth to sow seed. He starts with that one. And that sower, the parable of the sower, is the number one first step in that kingdom. You'll see that Matthew states the same thing that Mark did, that some fell on the wayside, and immediately the wicked one come and took the word, plucked it out of their heart. You'll see that in Matthew 13, verse 19. Then, in verse 20, he that received the word in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and when none with joy receives it, yet he hath no root in himself, but endureth for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, by and by he is offended. Does not make the kingdom of heaven. Here is verse 23. He also receives seed among the thorns. Is he that heareth the word of God and the care of this world and deceitfulness of riches. Mark says, and the things of this world. Matthew says, choke the word and becomes unfruitful. Brings them forth no fruits unto perfection. Verse 23, but he that receiveth the seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word, understands it, which also bears fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Now it says the same thing that Mark does there in Mark 4. And then he goes on with six more parables in sanctification and ultimate glorification. What it takes to make the kingdom of heaven. In verse 14 of Matthew 13, verse, uh, excuse me, verse 24, another parable. Jesus put forth 
unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. We're back to the word of God. But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householders came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in your field? From whence then hath it tares? This bastard wheat, where did it come from? And Jesus said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants uh, unto him said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? Literally take them out of the field? But Jesus said, No, lest while we gather up the tares, you read up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. That's the first thing that's going to happen, not the rapture. The first thing he's going to burn the tares. It's consuming fire. But gather the wheat into my barn, into the garner. Well, what does this let us know? It lets us know that in the local church, there's going to be tares in their bastard wheat that will not bring forth fruit unto perfection. And he's letting us know this is another parable that we must know and not let it offend, offend any of us. And it's impossible that offenses must come, but woe unto the man who the offense cometh. And he, he has warned us in John uh, 16. I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. For the time will come they're going to deliver you up out of the synagogues, out of the churches. The time will come that whosoever killeth you will think he did God a service. Why? Because they don't have the revelation that Jesus is the Father. He says, because they have not known the Father nor me. If you'd have known Jesus, you know the Father, because he is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood as the Son of God. So that's the second parable. Many will fail there. Now you can see where that gate is getting straighter and narrow. That only a pure direction leading of the Holy Ghost through the straight. That straight gate is essential to make and obtain the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now we go to the third parable. And these are seven progressive parables. Another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, which is a higher glory of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, you've got the Holy Ghost. Kingdom of heaven, you have obeyed the Holy Ghost. You're counted worthy in obtaining that kingdom because you've done the will of the Father which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, this is the third parable. He put forth on them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed, when, which a man took and sowed in his field. His field is a heart. Always the field, the good ground is a heart, and the sowing is the word of God. 
And he's talking about, and he sowed uh, their grain of mustard seed, which indeed is, is, indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, you see that faith is going to grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And as it grows in faith, through experience to have your senses exercised there, thereby to discern both good from evil. Wing from the milk as the full age. It's another step in sanctification. He said it's the least of all seeds, that mustard seed, which is, we know, the word of God. But when it grown, it is a grace among herbs and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now, the birds of the air, in other words, if Jesus be lifted up, he draws all men unto him. There we see that there is a natural growth. Unless we stagnate the word of God and it becomes backslidden because the way of light is progressive, dynamic. It grows from faith unto faith, from glory to glory. And that's how the grain of mustard seed grows unto that the least among the herbs and becomes a great tree. And these are trees of righteousness planted by the water. We find in Psalm, the first, first chapter. Now here comes another parable, another sanctification, another growth in the seven parables. Another parable speaking to them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took, and we know a woman in the word of God is always the church, and hid in three measures of meal, Till the whole was leavened. If you take leaven, that's an agent thereby it's going to rise. But somebody says, well, we're unleavened. But there is an automatic growth in that kingdom, in faith, from glory to glory. And he says that three measures. Well, you have... Seven feasts of the Lord. The first three, death, burial, and resurrection. That's a feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, and feast of first fruits. There's three measures. And we find this again in Revelation 6 in the, in the black horse rider. The black horse and the rider on the black horse with a pair of balancers in his hand. And he says, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. And see that you hurt not the oil and the wine, which is... The fruit harvest, the fruit. Now we find here that it's hid. It's hid in that three measures of meal. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Everything there that we find in the gospel of Jesus Christ is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and those three measures. In that we find the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost. In that we find Tabernacles, which is the Feast of Trumpets the Rosh Hashanah, the Yom, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the, the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. All of that is hid in those three measures. It's all in the cross. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, we have to go on. And it's hid until it says uh, the whole was leavened. What? The whole seven feast. We're having seven parables here. Well, 
He said, I spoke to them in parables, but they're coming a time. I'm not going to speak anymore in parables. I'm going to show them plainly of the Father. When is that? In the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he is God and God alone. He is the Father of glory, which will be revealed in his judgments there that are made manifest in the earth. In Revelation 15. This is to warn us that we have to go on into perfection, always striving to enter in at the straight gate. All these things speak Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable speak he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. He's still speaking in parables that only he knows that's in God. It's progressive sanctification. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. His disciples came unto him saying, Declare unto us the parable of the, t- of the terrors of the field. Now they're going back to the, the tares, which is the second parable, and they want to know exactly what that means. So Jesus is going to talk about the tares growing up along with the wheat. Now we're going to go to that the, he's going to talk about the gathering of the wheat into the garner, the barn, and the gathering of the tares to be burned. And he said, when that happens, verse 43, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun, S-U-N, in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. Now, we're going to go to the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure in the field. Now we're going to another parable. Now he expounds on them, the tares, they understand. So we're going on the seven parables of glory, of sanctification, and he's giving another parable. He said the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth. He hides it. And for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now that field, say not that there's four months unto harvest. Pray forth that God sent forth labors into the field. The ground's the heart, the field is he that when the souls is wise. But now this person, this believer, has come to the stage that he is in sanctification in this realm of glory, that he realizes the main thing in this world is the kingdom of God. How does he, how does he approach this? Well, if you will be perfect, so that you have. And that's exactly what Jesus says. He said, when soon as he, for the joy of it, not going, oh no, I'm selling because I have to, or this is necessity, I have to. No, for joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. He realizes that everything in this world counts for nothing. Nada. What does man gain if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Shall he give the fruit of his body for the sin of his soul? 
But the man there that in wisdom, building his house upon that rock, sells all that he has and purchases that field. In other words, now the main thing is souls for the kingdom of God. And that's that treasure. He that winneth souls is wise. And that requires selling. And no one wants to hear that. The flesh doesn't want to hear that. Now let's go on. Now we've gone to uh, the sower, four kinds in the field, then we go to the tares, then we go to a grain of mustard seed, the third, fourth, the tares, five. We've got the kingdom there uh, with, with uh, treasure in the field. Now we go to six. The sixth parable, and again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, which when he had found one pearl of great price. Now, we know the pearly gates there. You've heard that. Uh, uh, they're in the, uh, the New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. And uh, the seven gates there, uh, the 12 gates of, uh, there to the city being of one several pearl. It's all Jesus in him, by him, and through him. And he said, when he had found this one pearl of great price, what did he do? He went and sold all that he had. So now he's bought the field, the, the field for the laborers in the field. But now he takes all of that and sells it for a higher glory. Not that he's bought something, he has divested himself of the world. Not bought it with, with silver and gold. A purchase with, with earthly mammon. But literally perfected, if you will, be perfect. Sell that you have. Give alms. Provide for yourselves. Treasures in the heaven where moth and rust are not corrupt. Thieves do not break forth and steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. It's a heart thing. And he takes that, everything that he had bought prior to that, and he goes and sells all that he had and bought this one pearl of great price. Now, when you do this, somebody said, have you done it, Brother Richard? Of course I have, many, many years ago. And then since then, we tried our best to take whatever the Lord blesses to use for his kingdom. You don't go back and go back in the world again and build houses, land, and cars and, and, and uh, put the kingdom on the side. Let the kingdom, let the main thing be the main thing. Now, of course, you've got to have transportation. Of course, you have to have a roof over your head. The Lord knows you need that. Have need of these things, and he will provide them. But you're rich not toward self, but rich toward God. You've got more going out for God than what you do for self, and that's the key. And that's this pearl of great price. Then we come to the, the, the last treasure, the last parable, the last sanctification for glory. And that is in verse 47. They've already bought the pearl of great price now. First, he sold the field. And then after the field, there he takes all that he has and he buys this pearl of great price. It's a higher level. It's all for that Jesus now. 
Then there's one more. And this one, Jesus said in the kingdom of heaven, is likened to a net, a fisher's net, that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. So that means that whenever you do this and you sell everything that you have and you literally place it in the kingdom of God, just like they did in Acts the second chapter and Acts the fourth chapter, all that had possessions, land and possessions, sold them and laid them at the apostles' feet. That's the word of God. Jesus said, sell in Luke 12. I'm not talking about the rich man. I'm saying Jesus said in Luke 12, sell that you have. And give alms, offerings. Provide for yourselves treasure in the heavens. Now, when you do that, God's going to deal with you differently than what he did before. It is another step in sanctification. You're going deeper in God. You've got to dig deep. Found that rock. And build your house upon that rock. It's all him, by him, in him, and through him. Jesus Christ alone. But you're divesting of this world and moving closer to him. And that requires spiritual uh, bartering. Spiritual, buy the truth and sell it not. Not with money, but crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. To the point where the whole life is totally one thing for God and God alone. And that's what it's going to take to make the kingdom of heaven. Somebody said, I've never heard anything like that. The last one, the seventh progressive parable is a net thrown out into the sea. Seas and multitudes, kindreds, nations, and tongues. And the angels... He said, there, this, this is going to be a net, and that was cast out into the sea and gathered of every kind. Some good and some bad. Don't think just because you sell out and you let the kingdom be of God, that kingdom of heaven, be your primary choice, that pearl of great price, that everything is going to be great. Every soul you get is going to live for God. No, you're going to have some good fish. You're going to have some bad ones. And you don't get discouraged. You're reaping a harvest there for the Lord. Your labor's in his field. And there's going to be some good and some bad. And you have to be willing to let the word be the main thing. That the word of God, it will always accomplish that we're in a descent. And this is all by the word, in the word, through the word, and the Holy Ghost. There is no other way. Sanctify them through the truth, thy word is truth. There's no other way to get sanctified except through obedience to that truth. Now he says, they threw that, that net out into that sea, multitudes, kindreds, nations, and tongues, and they gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to the shore and sat down, that ceased from your labor, and gathered the good in the vessels, but cast the bad away. Not everybody's going to make it. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angel shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. The angels. Somebody said, I'll fly away. You're not going to fly away. The angels are going to be absent with the body, be present with the Lord. Is literally going to, uh, that your flight is through the angelic, that angelic host there. 
And it says, And shall cast them into the furnace of fire, the bad. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now they were all in the net. They all thought they had it made. But if you purge that vessel from dead works to serve the living God, purging that conscience from dead works, then you'll be a vessel unto honor and not dishonor, meet for the master's use. And that's for the work of the ministry. So what we're saying, according to the word of God, that only those that are perfected, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. For what? For the work of the ministry. Those are the only ones that's going to take this field and buy that field. Then there's another step, the pearl of great price. And then what do you do? Then you're going to cast the net out in there into the world, into the sea, multitudes, of nations, and tongues, and you're going to bring forth a harvest. Realize, some are going to be good, some are bad. The bad's going to be cast into the fire. Have to realize that. You're going to have some come in your ministry that you have worked for, labored for, and they're going to turn on you, do everything they can to destroy you. You'll have a Judas Iscariot there. You'll have a Demas that have forsaken the, the team of Paul, having loved this present world. Our Chippus, the, the coppersmith, did us much evil. Uh, I'm sorry, Alexander, the coppersmith, did us much evil. Uh, the, Paul said, the Lord, uh, reward him according to his works. You're going to have some diatrophies that love to have the preeminence, John said. I'll set him in order when I come. You're going to have ones that will come against the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's part of it. Those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But keep your eye on the Lord, and you will walk on the water. What's that water? That sea, multitude, kindreds, nations, and tongues. And if you keep your eye on Jesus, and if thy eye be single, the eye to your spirit, that whole body's full of light. Did they sell? Yes, they did. First for the field. Second for the pearl of great price. That la final is for the casting of the net. You can't cast that net until you have made that commitment to God. It's a sanctification. It is a level of glory. And that's the final one. Casting the net into the sea, multitude, kindreds, nations, and tongues. You cast that net. And then it's going to have the reward at the coming of the Lord. The Issachar, the Hor. Your heart, your reward, your buckle, your shield will be at the coming of the Lord when he returns a second time without sin and salvation, receiving uh, your reward. He that winneth souls is wise. And Jesus said, have you understood all these things? What are these things? These are the things of faith. There's seven different levels there. Seven different levels that Jesus is speaking of. So we're in the field. And then he talked about uh, uh, then that uh, uh, the mustard seed, mustard seed to the leaven, leaven to the tares, tares to the uh, uh, the treasures in the field, field there to the to the pearl of great price to the final seventh one, a net, and you will have that net cast into the sea, and uh, by doing so, there's your reward, the souls that you went for the. And Jesus said, "Have you understood all these things?" What are these things? Things of faith. Faith is the substance of things. What are all things? All things of truth. He gave you the seven parables. 
of progressive glorification and what it takes to be approved of the Lord. Not of works of the law, not of works which we have done, lest any man should boast, but by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is faith. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, Paul said, but the righteousness of God by faith. And we're made the righteousness of God in Christ, that he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And when God's judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness, that he is the Father of glory. And I won't speak in parables anymore. I'm going to show you plainly the Father. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess to that truth. Jesus said, have you understood all these things? They said, yes. Those are your seven parables unto perfection. Now, if you'll look, and uh, somebody said, well, I want to read the New Testament. I don't read the Old because uh, that has nothing to do. No, from Genesis to Revelation is the word of God, which Jesus is the word. Notice that he says here in uh, uh, verse 52, and he says, then said he unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed into the kingdom of heaven is like a man that is a householder that bringeth forth out of his treasures, notice there's treasures there, things new and old. The Old Testament is the New Testament uh, concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. They're all things that God has and he's over 3,000 promises given to us whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. So this is where we're headed, in the kingdom of God. There, when Jesus had finished these things, now notice he says that selling is on your last, uh, on the fifth and sixth parable. It took a divesting of the worldly things to the spiritual things, setting your affection on the things which are above, not on things beneath. And then you come to that seventh parable for your net, casting that net. If you look at Luke 12, he tells you exactly what is required. And he, uh, in Luke 12, he talks about a man, a businessman, a good businessman. And he says, uh, look at Luke 12. And uh, uh, he talks about covetousness. And he said, beware of that covetousness, which is the sin of idolatry. Paul said, I had not known idolatry, save the law said, thou shalt not covet. Covetousness is idolatry. And Jesus said, beware of it. Don't set your heart on the things down here in the earth, new houses, lands, cars, and all that. Don't set your affections on that. You which are spiritual, set your affections on the things which are above. And notice here in Luke 12, he goes on and talks about a man. And this, somebody said, this is, this is a hard saying. No, it's if whether you love God more than your own self. And that is Luke 12, verse 16. He spake a parable unto them. Remember these parables are parables in righteousness for the kingdom of heaven. That only the ones that are in him will know these. And he said, he spake a parable unto them, said, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. 
Now that is Luke 12, verse 16. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. I've got so much business that's prospering, I don't have enough room for it. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Me, me, and my, my, my. Somebody said, well, that's a good businessman. He's increasing his business, but not in the Lord. That's what we have to be careful of. And he said, I will say unto my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Now watch. We would say, well, the world will say, that's great. When you do your, your, your flesh well, men will praise you for it. But God said unto him, this is verse 20 of Luke 12, but God said unto him, thou fool, fool, he's a good businessman. Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? What's his sin? He didn't kill anybody. He didn't steal. It's simply, he says in the next verse, what his era was that kept him from the kingdom of heaven. Luke 12, verse 21. So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. My goodness. Somebody said, well, that's awfully hard. That means I'm supposed to just give everything away that I do? No. Set your heart and affections on God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, growing up in him in all things, and all these other things will be added to you. God knows you have need of these things. But this is those that understand faith in the kingdom of heaven, what it takes. Now, he says, consider the ravens. Don't go out there and think just because you do this that you're going to be destitute for the rest of your life. Matter of fact, in Mark, it says, those that have forsaken houses, lands, and everything shall receive a hundredfold more in this lifetime with persecutions and the life to come, life everlasting. The only hundredfold promise in the word of God to those that sell out. And here again, he comes on down to Luke 12, and he says, there, of course, that uh, uh, what you do, that rather seek you the kingdom of God, and these things shall be added unto you. God said it. That's a promise. These things that you think it's clothing, food, and all that. All these things will be added to you. Just put him first. Then he tells, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven here. Then he says, this is how you do it. Verse 33, Luke 12, this is not some kind of a suggestion. Jesus literally states it as a commandment. Sell that you have and give alms. Why? Provide for yourselves bags which are not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not. Riches don't, don't uh, continue from generation to generation. And those that will be rich fall into the diverse temptation and many hurtful lusts. And if, if riches increase, don't set your heart upon them. It's a heart thing. 
It's, it's your desire of your heart. And he says, if you sell those that you have and you give alms, offerings, that you will provide for yourselves a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches. It's not going to be taken away from you. Neither moth corrupted. It will not decay away. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Those that have an ear to hear for the perfection in the last days, it's going to be used in the work of the ministry. Those in Matthew 13, Mark 4, because talks about it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Here they are, the seven parables of sanctification and glorification to make the kingdom of heaven that you might be accounted worthy of that kingdom. If you have questions, please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Sell that you have and give alms. And many people say, well, where do I go? What do I do? Seek God on that. Don't make a move until you know that you know you've heard from God because there's many false prophets in the world. Just seek the leading of the Holy Ghost and He will lead you and guide you into all truth. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.